I gotta get married. Hey, these aren't my rules. Come to think of it, I don't have any rules. <laughs> come on, come on. Look, you think of it as a marriage of inconvenience, okay? We both get something, I get out. You get to say you're hitched to the most eligible bachelors in Valentino came over, we're even, babe. Okay, just help them. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. It's showtime. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? That's no moon. You gotta see this. With your host, Dan Mackles. I have a plan. And the very talented Miss Carolina Jimenez. It helps if I got out and pushed. Now, let's start the show, shall we? Yes, it is. Grid is live. Initiate light cycle battery. Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Gotta See This. It's been a while. It's it's, it's been a long time. It's we, been a summer, we can yeah, say. We we we, <laughs> we did make note uh, a couple episodes back that hey, we would be sporadic, if not taking a break over the summer, and uh, that's kind of what we did. It's exactly what we did. Yeah, because summer is summery. Summer is for resting, even though I worked a lot. That was also another reason why. Yeah, it <laughs> took some time wasn't so much the uh the fact it was doing summer activities which there were some fit in there but you worked a lot i worked a lot big changes for you big changes you got a new yeah. addition to your family yes i got a dog you got a puppy <laughs> i got a puppy yeah. and it's been a lot of work and it's taken most of my free time as well lately yes you look like a ragged a newborn mother so. thank you <laughs> i'm gonna take that as a compliment but uh, so this is our first time recording with him here. Like he's out, so this is going to be an adventure to see what happens yeah, when we, he. We took him on on a long walk before this to make sure that he was napping while we record. But if you hear puppy sounds in the background, now you know why. Exactly, <laughs> little clickety clack of puppy feet. So um, we're just, we're getting going again. So this feels very foreign. You look weird with a headset on and a microphone shoved in front of your face. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's a, I'm not a sort. I've been used to doing uh, podcasting. You've been busy podcasting. Yeah, too. yeah. I got yeah. a I got another one on the go now. With uh, tell a, us about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's uh, with this guy um, from a show that I I know through Twitter. And we're doing a Sopranos rewatch, uh-huh. and it's, I'm enjoying it so far. It's fun going back to revisit this classic series, and he's never seen it before. This guy, who I won't mention, <laughs> and uh, I wonder who he is. Seeing seeing what his uh, take on it is is it's it's fun. It's it's a fun. So it's a gotta you gotta is it you gotta see this. But is it, but in a TV show, are you making him see the Sopranos and then recording what he thinks? 
uh, I sort think of thing? I, I think we're both sort of looking at it. I'm getting to look at it through fresh eyes, through hearing He's him talk about eyes. it, yeah. this guy. And, uh, <laughs> and then we're just sort of discussing, because I only saw it once. I saw it once on its original run, and a chance to revisit it and talk about it is giving me a new appreciation for just what an important show it was in TV. But uh, and you guys are doing one episode per episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we're, nice. we're doing a complete rewatch. We'll watch the episode and then we sit down. Uh, sometimes when we schedule plans to sit <laughs> down and record, it's cool when he shows up, especially when it's five in the morning, Ben. It's five in the morning. Because he is where? He's in England. Okay. Yeah. He has his own podcast, but we don't talk about that one on this one. So What's it called? Ah, uh, it's 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 like um oh god, what is it? It's movie spankers or film paddlers or something. I don't know. Your podcast. Oh, oh my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sopranos redefined. Okay, uh, okay. You can you can find us on all the platforms. All I the hope. Soprano fans. Check it out. Yeah, please do. Um, anyways, we're not here to talk about Sopranos or Ben or film vloggers. Damn it. Um, <laughs> or Dune. Yeah, exactly. We're here to talk about... Beetlejuice. Yes. And I... this is not the... What's the plan? No, this wasn't the plan. We were... I was supposed to make you watch uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Mm -hmm. And I am eventually going to get you to I watch you that. Are. But in this lapse between the last time we recorded and now, I found out... I don't know how it came up or, or, or what I saw. We were talking about Tim Burton. For some reason. For some reason, because why not? And, and it, it came up. Oh, I know why. I know why. Mars Attacks was on TV. Oh, yeah, we were watching Mars Attacks. That's right. M Mars Attacks. And, and you liked Mars Attacks. I, right? I love was like, Mars Attacks. I was like, it had so much potential, but it just it missed the mark for me. I didn't, I didn't get it. And then I said that this was probably the start of his career going in a different trajectory. Yes. And I, I had mentioned, well, personally, I think Beetlejuice was his best movie. And you said... I've never seen it. And I was like, are you kidding me <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> you've never seen beetlejuice no never. and i think this is one of the rare occasions because if you go back and look at the catalog of movies that <laughs> we have covered on you got to see this most of them that carolina picks fall into that category of dan how have you not seen this movie <laughs> and i was like oh my god you haven't seen beetlejuice and i felt i felt it was an obligation on my part to make you watch beetlejuice that's that's how this podcast Start it. <laughs> so one of these days, I uh, will get around to exposing you to the 40-year-old virgin. But uh, today, like I said, we called an audible mm -hmm. and we watched Beetlejuice yesterday, which was kind of appropriate because yesterday was International Batman Day. Mm -hmm. And of course, mm -hmm. we've got that tie-in with uh, Tim Burton directed the original 89 Batman. And which also is my favorite Batman, as you all know now. And it uh, also starred the original Batman Michael Keaton. I still, so I still can't believe my eyes. Okay, so here we go. Let's get it. Let's let's get into it. And we're approaching Halloween, so thanks to this long pause that we took, the it kind of made sense to start watching sort of Halloweeny movies. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. This, this is a uh, Halloween adjacent. With summer. It's like the Thanos stat. It's uh, gone. Yeah. Yeah, we're already in Halloween mood. Yeah, it's and there. it's technically still summer. Couple more days. Dumb. Couple more days. But here we are. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Whatever you want to spell it. I, I'm so confused. Yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's true. As we stated, it was directed by Tim Burton. And 
when you hear Tim Burton, what pops into your mind other than what we said? Batman. Batman, Batman 89. <laughs> well, you worked on a Tim Burton film, did you not? You worked on Alice he, in Wonderland, yes, didn't you? Yes, and the second one, he produced it. And and he was very involved in everything else, but he's credited as producer. He sort of directed it a little mm-hmm. bit too. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so like Tim Burton, 89 Batman, and that's pretty much it? Well, and Mars Attacks, obviously. See, I think Batman is so not Tim Burton. I see, I see why, especially after last night. Batman Returns, which came out in 92, I think that's got much more of a Tim Burton feel to it. Whereas the first one, I mean, he was still quite a young director at that time. And I don't think he was able to maybe put his fingerprints on it as much as he was in the second one. And then after what he did with the second one, people were like, we don't want you to do anymore. Which is too bad because I personally really enjoyed the second one. But the thing is, Tim Burton's Batman came right after Beetlejuice and they're pretty different. Very much so. Very different. Beetlejuice is more Tim Burton, where mm. Batman is... And again, too, you watch Batman now, and it seems like a quaint little art house film. And it's very Tim Burton, Denis, compared to The Dark Knight or yeah, any sure. other Batman, obviously. But yeah, I didn't know Tim Burton could, could go full Tim Burton. So early. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I like when I think of Tim Burton, um, like for me, and I, I even said it, I think this, I personally think this is his best film. We can break that down as we go along. Mm-hmm. But I think of things like uh, the stuff that he did early on. Like I loved Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Had you ever seen that? No. I don't know if you got to see it, but <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed it as a kid. And it's got lots of these sort of creepy little Tim Burton moments in it. Or... Um, this, I could make an argument that this is his best film, Sleepy Hollow, which came out in 99. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love Sleepy Hollow. Yes. And I don't know if that was the first film that he worked on with Johnny Depp before every film that he did had to star <laughs> Johnny Depp. Before he couldn't just stop. Yeah, yeah. But Sleepy Hollow is very, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love that film. Um, too bad you've seen it because I would love to talk right? about that. I don't remember much of it, though. I remember... The, the the feeling and the whole the whole scope of it, but I don't remember details, so I wouldn't mind revisiting it now that um, Halloween is approaching. Maybe it's appropriate. Maybe, maybe bonus it's one. But I remember liking it. Yeah, yeah, not loving it, but liking it. Ooh, I would go far as say I love it. I absolutely enjoying loved it that very one. much. So uh, getting into the cast, interesting cast because wow. so many big names, right? Especially and so, so many- young. Especially so many big names for that time, yeah. right? Um, some of them endured, such as Alec Baldwin, uh, yeah. who was the lead along with Gina Davis. And I, did, I didn't know he was in this movie. Well, that's when I saw the name, I was like, what? Yeah, I, I, I will wait <laughs> to ask you how you missed this one and what you thought of it once I get through this. But yeah. um, Alec Baldwin, I mean, this guy's had a long career, uh, many different... Um, styles. He's very comedic. He can be dramatic. Uh, He's done everything from the TV show 30 Rock to Hunt for Red October, The Departed. When you hear his name, what pops up for you? And he's been hero, villain, um, comic relief. He's been love interest. He's been all... Yeah, he's... Big scope. For me, I think he's more naturally suited as a villain. For me as well. You know, it's weird seeing him so young and so the virtuous every man in this and it doesn't and, yeah and so silly and so it's okay let we'll we'll get to that but yeah he's especially very young in this movie like wow not that he's not that he's aged poorly but he was no. he was a good looking dude back in the day yeah. absolutely like right it. 
And then Gina Davis, who was probably reaching the, the, the peak of her stardom. She was very, also very young. popular from, I'd say, the late 80s, early 90s. And then she sort of just kind of went away. She's, you don't see much of her anymore. She's an 80s and 90s actress. I don't, I don't think I've seen anything in the past couple of decades. Do you remember her. that uh, Netflix TV series uh, about the lady wrestlers, Glow? Yes. In the third season, she shows up. Oh, And it's interesting, interesting. to see her. It's like, oh, God, look at Gina Davis. Yeah, I'm, I'm halfway in the first season yet still, but... And that, I showed that to you like a yeah. year ago, and yeah. it was just one of those things where I showed you a couple, and then we just never got around to it. But I've said many times before, I love that show, and I would it's like you to watch it more because I, we could do a Glow podcast. <gasps> <laughs> Let me know when you have time. All right, we'll do. <laughs> at least we're in the same time zone. Uh, we, yeah. You won't make me get up at five in the morning no. to say your internet isn't working, <laughs> Ben. Winona Ryder. Yep. How old do you think she was at the, at the time? 19? Yeah, I would have said younger. I yeah. would have said like 12, because I think she's supposed she's to be about 12, 13. She's uh, a 14, 13, 14 kid. Yeah, but but I, I think she was... 17. I, 17? Okay. But 17, 18, because... I just looked at her birthday and when it came out versus when they were filming. Yeah. So she was around that. I would have not guessed that because she passes as a very um, girl-like. Young, yes. Yeah. Eternally girly. Yeah. Again, another huge name. Like yeah. Winona Ryder's been around forever, acting forever. From What did she do before this? Was this... Because it felt like one of her first movies... Or almost. I'm sure she did something before this. Um, I can't. I don't know. There was one called Mermaids, starring Cher. I don't mm-hmm. know if that that might have come out before this. I'm I'm not entirely okay. sure. But uh, when I think of her, I think of things like uh, more in the '90s, like yeah. Dracula, Heather's. Uh, yes. Did you ever see Heather's? No. Interesting, interesting film. I don't okay. know if it would hold up now, but it was sort of appropriate to the time mm-hmm. and then of course her you know she had some struggles as most young uh actors go through when they transition from being a child actor to an adult actor but i think she made a huge comeback and i myself loved the netflix series stranger yeah, things yeah and, yeah um, she was great in it it was good to see her back back yes. and doing well yes in a popular exactly, show exactly. right yeah um we've also got Catherine o'hara uh mm-hmm. do you, do you know her from anything yes. other? Yes. Well, I I can't pinpoint what, but the face is it's also an eighties nineties face, and she's yeah, she's she's a Canadian a, icon. Uh, is she Canadian? Okay. She's Canadian. Uh, she came up through. I, I'm pretty sure it was the SCTV. It was sort of the Canadian equivalent to Saturday Night Live. I think I'm pretty sure she was on that. And, uh, I mean, she was the mom at home alone. Yeah. She. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's, that's what I was trying to. Yes. She had exactly. the run, um, of a very popular show that I never got around to watching Shit's Creek. No. Um, mm-hmm. it's very, it was very popular and I, I just never got around to it, but she starred in that. And this is another one. Um, Jeffrey Jones, who played her husband, Charles, and we know him. That was a weird pick. I, don't you think he was the only one maybe a bit miscast? Oh, you thought he was miscast. He he acts a bit weird and he is well weirder than everybody else. Like, or, how, or how do you define which performance wor- is weird in this movie? The the wrong kind of weird maybe and they don't look really like a couple together and they and and he's the father of of 
uh, Winona Ryder. Lydia. Yeah, but but she's the stepmom. So she he didn't look like her father, and he didn't quite look like the husband uh, for the for that kind of. It was weird. I I couldn't. It, I think that's something that uh, probably would have stood out for you watching it as an adult. Yeah, for the prob- first time, yes, trying probably, to look at the connections probably. because. For me, as a, I think I saw this uh, as a, God, I don't know, like twelve year old. Uh, How many I, times have you seen this? Ton, I, I've saw. I remember seeing this in theater. Mm-hmm. I really, I loved it. Okay. Um, and he's, this is one of my favorite uh, Tim Burton movies, as I've stated before, just mm-hmm. because it's. I'd never seen anything like it before. No. Nope. And it's it's crazy, and it's yeah. it's edgy in a way for a twelve year old. Oh yeah, very right? much, very much. Um, and but, the special effects, right now they hold up. Just to finish off but, on Jeffrey Jones, okay. uh, I, I I remember him from other '80s movies like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Ed Wood. Yeah. He was also in Sleepy Hollow. It's you just kind of have to make mention of it because in 2002 he he was charged with soliciting a minor to take uh, inappropriate photos. I believe he uh, was accused of some other not so great things, oh, which was Lord. dismissed. He seems to be still working, and but I just—it's one of those things where every see him for me, I'm like, oh, I remember him from these classic movies. But I also think of this much like you get with Kevin Spacey or any mm-hmm. of these other big actors who have gone through this exposure to not so great things. But I just yeah. thought I would be remiss if I didn't say anything. Okay. One more casting, yeah, and I put it at the end for a reason, yeah. The one, the only, <laughs> Michael Keaton. Wow. Playing the titular character of Beetlejuice. Wow. Michael Keaton, what pops into your head? Batman, obviously. And he was, uh, by the time when he was casted as Batman, no one liked that idea. And now it's his iconic Batman. It's a famous story of the fact that when he was announced, this is before the days of internet, before Twitter outrage or Schneider Bros and all that, over, I think it was like, I can't remember if the number was 30,000 or 50,000 people literally wrote into the studio. Wrote letters. Do the cast somebody yeah. else. And you can see why people would feel that way yeah. looking at his body of work before this point. Because I, I had it the other way around. I had it backwards. I, for me, he is Batman. He's a great Batman. And then I saw him doing what I saw him do last night. And I was what i was it was hard to believe it was him but back then it was the other way around when he he was Beetlejuice when he was cast as batman and i can see why it doesn't doesn't fit in 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 the audience's mind because it's it doesn't which is interesting when you look at when you when you look at michael keaton's career i think up until uh he was cast as batman he was more in in comedic roles. Like I remember him being in Mr. Mom. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a movie called Gung Ho, where I think it's I think it was a comedy movie about the car industry and how it was being taken over from uh, f- Japanese uh, imports and such. But he was wasn't really the serious actor that he is now with things like The Founder and Spotlight and Birdman. Birdman. Um, but he's also still he'll also go back to his comic roots with. Uh, the role he played in Spider-Man: Homecoming as the yeah. Vulture, which he was phenomenal in that. I think he was, which was a wink, wink, I guess, to Birdman as well. I, I guess which so. was a wink, wink to Batman as well. Yeah, no, fair enough. But I, his, <laughs> he's good. He's his performance. Good. His performance in 
Spider-Man Homecoming, one of the scariest scenes, I, I think, is the one that takes place between him and Peter when he's dropping Peter off at the prom. And he's like, uh, you head on in. I, I just need to talk to Peter for a sec. Give him the dad talk. And he has this wonderful Scary. speech where he's just like, I know who you are. You know who I am. Let's just carry on with our ignorant bliss. But if you do anything against me, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill everybody you love. And I was like, Scary. nobody's wearing a suit. There's no big fireballs or laser beams being shot so good but the reason i put him last is for uh the very interesting fact about this film it's titled beetlejuice his his face is plastered on the poster he's in the movie for under 15 minutes i was that's one of the things i wanted to mention he doesn't fully appear in frame because there's a little commercial on tv you can you can see a little bit of him at the, <laughs> uh, at the beginning what does but he say? it's it's almost an hour into the movie the first time we see it in front of the camera mm-hmm. an hour i pause it first time we saw it i'm like okay this movie is named after this guy and it's been almost an hour and we're halfway through the movie and we, you almost don't see him at all. Everybody talks about him. Well, you cannot even mention him. <laughs> Come on down. I'll chew on a dog. <laughs> that, <yeah. laughs> this is so dumb. But anyway, so that's the cast. Uh, here we'll get to the, the ratings. Uh, as per IMDb, it was uh, a 7.5 out of 10. Okay, I see why. Very good. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it 85%. I see why. Audience gave it 82%. Okay. You take those numbers. You smash them together. And you get the you got to see this score of fifty eight point one, and that puts Over. it at, uh, out of I, you ask this every time because seventy is the most seventy is the most one but could get. That's not natural. That's not normal. That's why. So it's a fifty one over over seventy. Fifty eight point one out of seventy over seventy, and that why puts it seventy down. Well, because it's ten. Shut up. Just, <laughs> I'm the one that does this stuff, all right? If you want to contribute a new rating score, then we can then nope, we can talk. You're the math here. You're the mathematician. Fourteenth. <sighs> it ranks fourteenth out of all the films that we've covered that we've so done. far. Okay. And it's between Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Poltergeist. So that's interesting. This is three very different movies. Very, very and different movies. they're all very good. So I agree. With a budget of fifteen million, it took that's in not much. For 80, 88? Still? That's pretty no? that's pretty decent. We we, yeah. we should go and back. most of it went to for latex and <laughs> cardboard. But off that off that budget, it took home uh seventy four point two million worldwide. Well done. So that's uh Mr. Burden. That's well a worldwide done. success on top of on all his that latex. Movie. All that latex uh, won them an Academy Award for Best Makeup in 1989. On his second movie. Well Not done, Mr. Barton. Not too bad. Not bad. Not okay, bad. Okay, big question. Okay. How did you not see this? I think this movie is weird enough to that that he it had not been popular in Spain back then, I think. On on in eighty eight, I was still probably too young to watch it. Okay. So when I was old enough to watch it, it was probably not not in the in the video club. It was obviously not in the theater anymore, and it was not the kind of movie that that I was that was around me. I guess so. I and I was I I've heard of it a million times. I I've known of its existence, obviously. But I, I, yeah, once once past that moment where you see it 
would if I didn't see it in the theaters because I was not the right in the right place or in the right group or I didn't I wasn't the right age, then it yeah, it flew away and as an adult I I never sat down yeah i'm going to watch Beetlejuice now because i never had a good reason to sit down and watch it it's it's interesting because for me i remember seeing it in the theater i remember my mom taking me i i didn't rewatch any of the trailers or any of the marketing before we sat down to record but my memory is that it was sort of marketed as a kid's film because the shots that you see of him Beetlejuice is kind of goofy and there's sort of goofy, fun, whimsical elements of what we saw in the trailer. But That's I don't... probably why as an adult I never sit, sat down and watch it. Fair enough. But would you... I don't know if you would consider this a kid's movie. I It's a kid's movie if you're a kid, a kid in the 80s. I don't know about now. Would you show this to your son? Because um, how I, old is your son now? Eight. He's eight. I think, I think he would enjoy the Beetlejuice stuff. Okay. I think he would be bored... Yeah, with the sort of melodrama with yeah. the the main characters, and that's the thing I like about those movies. I like the way the characters are introduced. I think the story gets moving very quick. Um, they die quickly, and it's not a <laughs> it's not a big mystery that they're dead. They kind no. of yeah. pick up really quick. It's like hey, I think we're dead, and them sort of coming to terms with that, and then. This little, uh, I don't know if you would call it purgatory or whatever. Like, hey, you know, before you move on, you're kind of stuck here for over 120 years. And, and them trying to deal with that. And it was... Uh, so do you think... Because uh, how old were you when you watched this? In came out in 88. I would have been... Older 12. than your son. Okay. I would have been 12. Cool. So do you think 12-year-olds now would have... Could, would feel about it the way you felt in the 80s because it's a kid that's that's my answer to your question i think it's a kids movie for kids in the 80s uh, maybe it, not now. That's, a, that's a very interesting question um because there are certain things that like you say when that movie comes out it sort of hits because it was of that time exactly. and it was only going to kind of work in there like we talked about it with um the rocketeer like yeah. I, I think that that was the only time that movie could have been released as presented so kids are not the same now that they used to be back then and cinema is not the same now as used to be back then and kids now are exposed to different things and so it's for kids in the 80s like we talked about if you were a kid in the 80s and you haven't seen this movie you might enjoy it maybe um well i guess that's a question i can ask you did you enjoy this i enjoyed it very much you did enjoy it i enjoyed it very much and as well i was shocked it's because it's funny when i watch movies the adult part of me was shocked <laughs> it's it's funny watching movies with you because uh for those who don't know uh, carolina's very animated when she's watching a movie like what? i sort of sit still and i just i just watch the movie where carolina will be oh okay <laughs> all right <laughs> what <laughs> but what did he say why would they do that and like it's like watching the credit that like I forgot about that because it's been a while since you and I sat down to watch a movie. But when the credits start rolling and it's the classic 80s uh, where all the credits come at the beginning and it's Alec Baldwin and Carolyn is, oh, <laughs> and then Gina Davis, okay. And it's like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I, if I talk to you or to the movie. I don't think you're talking to me. You're, you're in it's your ha- own It's kind of in a halfway. Because it's, it's not engaging. But, but when I watch a movie by myself, I don't do that. So, so it's sort of... 
That's disappointing to hear. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, yeah, we're watching a movie together. I need to react to it. I I need to interact with the movie and talk to the movie. It's one of the, the fun funnest things to do when you're watching a movie is to scream at it. I, I, I get that. Fair enough. <laughs> Especially a movie like this. I wouldn't do this with, I don't know, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> oh, there goes his arm. <laughs> And that one's dead. Ah, another one. But this is the perfect movie to interact with it as a stupid kid I think watching great actors being goofy. And they are quite goofy. They're, they are over-the-top performances. Over-the-top. That dinner scene. Okay, that. so, so uh, uh, that's... what did you think of it? And what we're talking about, and this is one of the ones where you were the most animated... <laughs> Was uh, when they're what the fuck? They're sitting down with I believe it's Delia's agent and the uh, the Maitlands, which oh. are the, the the ghosts, are trying to get them out, and they possess them, and they get up and they sing Daylight they start... Come and Me One and Go. It goes home. forever, forever. You would never have a scene like that that long today in filmmaking today, which is fine. It's... What did you say? You said, "Okay, Tim Burton, you just go be Tim Burton." <laughs> went full tip burden it, it goes forever the whole song probably is is it's unbelievable and you see them do really I, I couldn't believe my eyes it's interesting when i quickly read the uh trivia on this on imdb he was worried that it was too long and people weren't gonna like it that is kind of i, I think and people can correct me that's one of the signature scenes from the movie is that Daylight come scene. And I remember loving it as a kid. And the big finish when all the shrimps come out and grab them and toss <laughs> so them. It's just, it, it's so good. But it's good, but though, it's right? It's so stupid. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. And I, I feel better now knowing that Mr. Burden agrees with me that it might be a bit too long. <laughs> it's like it's, but it's fine because you cannot look away. You just cannot look away, and and it it felt long. Now that I, as an adult, know how movies are being made, and I know that a, a scene like that would never be that long now, and that's why I was like surprised. But you cannot look away. It's fine. It's long, and it's okay. You you. It's, oh, if you haven't seen it, or if you don't remember it, because you've seen it long ago, please have it a watch. Just that scene, like. What no, it's it's but I, but I also enjoy how um, Delia is the first one to be possessed, and, and and I enjoy how everyone's sort of looking at her like, ha ha, what are you doing? And then bit by bit, they all get sucked into it, and they just let it play out. And it's you kind of want to dance with them because because why not at this point? Oh my Nothing God. makes sense anymore. They're having, but but you understood. What was happening? Yes, obviously. right. That it makes being... sense in the story. So yeah, it's, it's, it's... and I like I like how that scene plays out, where um, the the Maitlands are so. I think it's the Maitlands. Um, the the two main characters, Adam and Barbara, the, the ghosts that are stuck in this their former house with them. And I love how they run up to the attic and they're just like, any minute, they're gonna come out screaming. And they're just they're like, look what we did. We did this great job. And then Lydia knocks on the door. Is like. They want you to come downstairs. And they're just like, that was great. And we can turn this into something, right? And they, they weren't scared at all. And uh, yeah, it's it's also, you know, when you talk about how you wouldn't see a scene like this in, in movies anymore. Or in editing like this. Or or story, um, the, the pace and the tone. One of the things 
I think it's the signature for this movie and that I like it. And it's one of the reasons why I like it so much is that the movie doesn't care. Yeah. And I love when movies don't care. They're going to do their thing because it's what they want to do. And that's not how movies are usually done by the book. And that's fine. Breaking the rules sometimes is fine. No, it's... And, and doing things weirdly and nothing does weird things better than Tim Burton works. And and I can be I can be guilty of um, at this stage in my life is I, I like to see a certain type of movie, but at the same time too I, I'm also like you I'm like yeah movies it's different right like you look at the 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 MCU I, man I love you you rarely find a film that is of poor quality right but you 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 look at those those Marvel films. And like I've I've seen two this summer. You and I went to go see uh, Black Widow, mm-hmm. and that was that was great. It was great to sit in a theater again. It was great to you know watch a film. I and, loved it. And, and for me, I thought I I enjoyed it thoroughly. But again, it, it had that same problem for me as it's very structured for it's the same for the same type movie. Of movie exactly. Which was too bad because I felt in the beginning of that movie it was going a different path, and I'm like, this is great. Let's do this sort of smaller story. But then at the end, we had the big over the top action scene where I tend to I tend to zone out. I saw Shang-Chi. You have to. I, I saw Shang-Chi um, a couple of weeks ago. Now, in my defense, <laughs> um, I shouldn't have seen it as late as I did. I, I was tired. Um, I had a couple of beers <laughs> in me. I got uh, I got about 45 minutes in and I fell asleep. I fell asleep uh... for like a good I'd say 10 minutes. Okay. And then when I woke up, I was groggy and I'm like, I just want this over so I can go home. So I didn't connect with it. And I feel bad because everyone's raving about the film. Let's try again. Yeah, I'll I'll try again. But even of the stuff that I saw, I was like, this is just another quality Marvel film with, with, I I love the main character. I loved his sidekick. And I thought the villain was, was, was probably one of the more, um nuanced villains mm-hmm. like not just i want to take over the world i i, I appreciated his motivation but again it just got it, mm-hmm. it's and, and i don't and, and it's tough because i'm contradicting myself i like going to marvel mm. because I, I i i get that comfort yeah. i i get i it's know what i'm gonna see zone. it's yeah. comfort zone and it's it's comfort food but, but you also take a look at the best marvel movies is the ones where they let the director you just go make you just go make your own movie. And my favorites are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's James Gunn getting to do what James Gunn wants to mm-hmm. do. And getting back to this movie, it, this, this is like, again, this is why I think the, Tim Burton at his best with this movie. And, and what that's, that's why, why you said that you think it's one of his best movies, if not his best movie. Mm-hmm. I have to disagree. Okay. I think is the most Tim Burton movie of all his filmography, you said that as well yesterday, but probably not the as a movie. I don't think it's one of his best. And this isn't one as where I movie. like a hill I'm gonna die on. Like, that is the most Burtony movie ever in existence, and I didn't know. I thought Mars Attacks was <laughs> no. I don't. I still don't know what I watched yesterday. It's weird. Did you? But did you not find? Um, maybe we could. You know, here's your Dune reference. Um, did, <laughs> like when I watched it as a kid, I, I, I had no problem following what was going on. No, I, 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 I found it very easy to understand. Did you 
have any problems with no it's a very linear plot okay i wasn't sure if it would be confusing for you like what's going on why are they bouncing around why no it's it's really you can you can uh summarize the plot in two lines really nothing go ahead do it dare you oh well this couple die they have a house Okay, let me let me put it That's, in order. I, I think it's already order. two lines. This couple has a house. Yeah. They die. Yeah. Facts. They cannot go anywhere. They're stuck in the house as ghosts. So um a couple with a kid, a very weird kid. Get the, get in the house. They they want to redecorate the house and the dead couple don't want them to redecorate the house and they want out of the house. So they learn to be ghosts so trying to scare them out of the house and they find out that this Beetlejuice guy could help even though they shouldn't mm. call him for a few reasons that's good as i feel like you took me right back to the movie so, <laughs> i'm doing a great job shut up <laughs> well so, i gotta ask you so they call him what do they do they call him three times Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. They name him three times, so he comes and he makes a mess. And in the end, everybody make, takes. It's happy and they all become friends. Oh, it's that great '80s ending where yeah. everything's everything's good. Now let's let's get into the Bee Man. What did you think of Beetlejuice? Where's that come from? Who designed that character? Is the, is it is it coming from a is it an original? Is it coming from a comic book? What is what is behind this? I I, 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 I no still idea. don't know. I I don't know where is he. Is that's the part that's confusing? Is who's this character? Why is he so important? Why did why is the movie named after him? And why do we see him just for a couple for a few minutes in the entire movie? Why is it a big deal, and why is it? <laughs> you can see, you can see the premise. It's just like, okay, like you said, we've got the dead couple. They've got this situation. Um, they need a bio exorcist, and well, uh, well, we'll, we'll, it's like sort of a, a flip on the the exorcist, right? It's yeah. the ghost wanting to get the humans out. So instead Which of the cool. instead of the Max von Sydow character, we've got the you know the ghost that can get rid of people, like the best haunter. And then I think that character is very much just a creation of Keaton based on some of the stuff I read. Like it oh. said here that he yeah. ad-libbed 90% of his lines. And, and Oh, I believe that. And and he's he's a funny character because, again, based on the cover art and, and based on the, the promotions that I saw as a kid, he seems like he's going to be the heroic character that comes in. He's not. He's kind of the bad guy. Yeah, he's, he's a villain. <laughs> he's a naughty... But, was... but, but sort of like... He's not benign, but he's not overly threatening. He he's has this unmistakable charisma to him. Yeah. Right? And like his introduction. And I love when they're um like he's so over the top and he's making the moves on Barbara and he's like Adam's like, Can you can you tell me your qualifications? He's like, Oh yes, well I studied at Juilliard for it. And he goes in and then he's like <laughs> so, uh, so silly. Uh, I've seen the action this 170 times and it keeps getting funnier every time I see it. It reminded me, and this is probably obvious, uh, the Mad Hatter and the in Alice in Wonderland kind of thing, especially the Tim Burton one. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's this he's one crazy, of those, yeah, crazy, 
over-the-top character with great lines. Like, every was, every scene is hard. memorable. It was hard to see Keaton in the makeup. Like, there were scenes like, is, is that really him? I can't believe that. Is that really him? Is that not the sign of a great performance? Of course. Where and you I was, just see the character. I was so excited when I finally, at the very end, you see him on the striped uh, suit. Because yeah. that's, that's how I portrayed that. The, the, the little I knew about this movie before I watched it is that, the, yeah, that, that's the, the, the signature suit in stripes. If you want to dress up as Beetlejuice, you need it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm considering it for this Halloween. Hmm. Interesting. We'll no, I mean, so much of his. I, I love the fact that he sort of just appears in their uh, model. Right, yeah. he's in their model, and after they they bounce out of there, and he kicks the tree over. It's nice fucking model. <laughs> no, the model is great. So. And speaking of the model, the the special effects in this movie are awesome for the time. They are the the kind of special effects that are really creative, because there's, there's nothing uh, common in anything that they did. So they had to create stuff from scratch, and and. And the the puppets and the sock puppets and the and the the latex thing on the faces and the the eyes and <laughs> and in the waiting room the guy with the small fa- with the small head is yeah. hilarious. That is my. It's amazing. It's amazing design. That's the best scene where they're <laughs> in they're, the waiting room. They're in the waiting room <laughs> and you can see you've got the magician's assistant who saw it in half. How can that? It's so smart. Oh, it's, it's so, so it's it's so good. It's so witty. Yeah, and he, I guess that's just someone's face and makeup, and then they've got the little puppet yeah, dangling exactly, below exactly. him, and he's just like, uh, "Want a cigarette?" He's like, "No, yeah, I'm trying to cut back myself." It's, <laughs> it's so good, and the little head, the this is that's creepy and cute. Yeah, in all, essence, all at the same time, it's really good. It's really good, and it's one of those ones where. I remember, you know, I've seen it many times, but um, you're sort of looking for different things as a kid. And um, now when you watch it, sort of in an analytical, not an analytical, but you're sort of breaking it down more. I don't know why, but I never noticed the surfer with the shark attached to his leg. <laughs> That's the first time that it stuck out to me. I was like, how did I miss that? That, that is hilarious. And, uh, and I also... the rugby team. Yeah, the football. The, fo- oh, sorry. It's different. Uh, but another little nod, too, that I, I think I, I picked up for the first time here where when they're in their waiting room and you've got the Miss Argentina and uh, she comments after he says, is this is this what how we look when we die? And she's like, no, it's personal. That's how you look, you look, you look. And then she throws up her hands and she's like, I would have had a, a different, uh, you yeah. know, I've done things differently if I knew back then what I know now. And then they sort of make a callback to that at the dinner scene where I believe Otho makes a snide comment about, oh, is this another one of your failed suicide attempts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's, and he's like, well, I hear that uh, you're going to be forced to be a civil servant if you commit suicide <laughs> in the afterlife. And it's like, that's that's what you are, right? So, and the, and the great little gags where you talked about the smoking guy. I like it when they meet Juno, uh, their caseworker, and you, yes. and you can't figure it out first. And then she starts smoking, <laughs> and the smoke comes out starts of her, coming out of <laughs> her the neck, throat. Right? Yeah. That's great stuff. It's very, it's, 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 it's smart. It's, just, it's a cute, smart, funny, weird movie. And I enjoyed it very much. It's it's out of the box. It's the most Tim Burton you can go. I don't think you can go more, more Tim Burton than that. 
and he was his second movie. I it, that's oh, not to me. Not bad. And and you take a look at the characters. I think um, I, I I don't think they're like completely fleshed out characters. Um, but I don't think they can be dismissed as two dimensional either. Uh, no, I liked. Um, they're not I, realistic. Obviously, no, obviously, it's not a realistic the, movie. It's fantastical. Yeah, all the all the, the the dialogues and the acting is obviously over the top and makes no sense. No one acts like that. But no. it, it, but it's okay in Tim Burton's world. In term, Tim Burton's head, whatever happens in there, I don't want to know. It all makes sense. And like the little, the, the, the little subtleties, um, they don't have to bash you over the head with certain things to get a message across. Where in the very, in the very beginning, before Adam and Barbara have passed, you can see there's a real estate agent that's kind of hounding them. It's like you need to sell this house. This house is too big for you. You can make so much money, and it should be for a, a family. And you can see that she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And Barbara has kind of like a just like. Like you cut Dang. deep there, right? Like clearly they can't have kids or it's been a struggle. And that's why when they pass, they sort of connect with Lydia, you know, sort of a daughter that they could never it have. It has heart. It has it's heart. Ah, that's something that's important for us with movies yes, that we like. It has a heart and and it's laid out subtle, like you say. There's not on on your face. There's not a lot of exposition. You... if. If you're mature enough, you pick it. If not, that's fine too. If you're a kid, you probably that goes over your head and it's totally fine. So it's got layers and it's got dimension and it's got a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, it's it's again like all it the stuff that takes worth place it. It in was the afterlife. Totally worth yeah. it. Very good. And um, another thing it it did, and I, I whenever I think of Beetlejuice. One of the first things that pops up in my mind is the score by Danny Elfman. Yeah. And that da 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 And you're just like, this is... I knew that score before watching the movie. I, I knew the look. and I, I know the character. I knew the score. I didn't know anything about the movie, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was it, not ready. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what else What else can we say about this movie other than it's, it's so unique? Yeah. Um, he has... I think, do you know what movie I've never seen? This probably is an opportunity for you to throw it back. But I never saw Edward Scissorhands. Um, oh, so I think I don't know if you have to see it. I I saw it, but I'm not a huge huge fan. Maybe we can rewatch it. Together. I think I tried watching it on TV, and I was like, I'm not connecting with. This. I didn't connect. Exactly. And it's a funny thing about Tim Burton is he tends to have his. His crew, his actors that he likes to work yeah, with, because obviously. Winona Ryder is is in yeah. that one, and I, I believe there's probably some other crossovers from this movie yeah. and everything. You can see it's like, oh yeah, he's got his guys that he likes to work with. But yeah. uh, I'm not a huge Tim Burton completist, but there are a couple of of his movies that are ranked in my top maybe 20 favorite movies ever and that's batman and mars attacks those two movies connected with me instantly for some reason and i i think there's there's such thing as too much tim burton I, and which is ironic because i think mars attacks is too much tim burton no it's by just... too much tim burton i mean that i don't i don't watch tim burton often or you know, I don't. I don't watch. If I, I, I think one, I, one Tim Burton movie in a month is probably more than enough. I could pull up his uh, filmography, but I think for me, after Sleepy Hollow, which I think it came out in '99, I think it came out in '99. 
there wasn't much that he put. Oh, do you know what was a good one? Big Fish. Do you remember Big Fish? I haven't seen it. Oh, I, I, oh, oh, oh. I, I, do you know what? I only saw it once. I, I think it's a beautiful story. He directed Dumbo? Oh, he did? I didn't know that. That was the one that came out last year, right? Yes. Or sorry, 2019. It's, it's weird. Ever since 2020, everything just sort of blends together. It's before COVID and then... And Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. That was a TV series though, wasn't it? No, it was a movie. Was it a movie? Yes. Uh, is Eva Green starring that? Because I love I so, Eva yes. Green. Uh, yes. Yes, but, but beyond 2000, go take a look at 2000. What would be his biggest movie since then? Oh, Planet of the Apes. But I, I don't think that's a good movie. No, but, it's, but it was big. But a big flop too. A big flop, right? Sure. But I'm talking success. I'm, I'm not talking okay. like movie that had... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Didn't think it was very good? No. Corpse Ride. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's I don't iconic. think that counts. I don't think that counts. No, why I don't know why. I have no valid reason, but because it's he directed, and produced, and and it's got a big following. I haven't seen it, by, by the way. I'm talking live action. Okay, nine. Have you seen nine? Nope. But that's not live you action either. Need, okay, okay. Alice in Wonderland. Again, I think it's t- too much Tim Burton. Okay, Frank and Weenie. You keep going to animated films. I'm saying, give I'm me a trying. big animated film, non-animated film. Anyways, this Googling live is uh, doesn't make for great podcasting. But Alice in Wonderland. And again, I don't think those were very good. So my point being, mm-hmm. I don't think once he crossed over into the 2000s, he was able to make a hit. But he he seemed to be making the kind of movies that he wanted to make because there's an audience there's there's a fan base that no matter what he does will go see their his movies and i i support and that and that's and that's amazing and he's he's a different director he's a different filmmaker he's a from different everything. cat he's a different he's a, he's a different, different cat, human being man. And the fact that he was really close to making a Superman movie. I was about to bring that up. Right? I was about to bring that up. Did I've, you see the documentary on it? Superman no, Lives? I've, no, I've seen bits and pieces of the of the test for the suit and stuff like that. I wish I want to watch that documentary, though. I think it's a good documentary. Okay. And I, I, you know, we've all seen the pictures of Nicolas Cage oh, in, yeah. the, in, oh, the, in the Superman suit. Oh, a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage as Superman, directed by Tim Burton, is something that the world needed. I, do you know what? I think Nicolas Cage would have done great. I, I, I agree. Because Nicolas Cage is known for, for his over-the-top performances. Sure. But he's also thrown in every once in a while. He's very grounded. Yeah. Uh, guy's won an Oscar, for fuck's sake. Yes, like, you don't ignore him. Act. You don't ignore him. And I, that's a movie that I, I think the, the world has missed. I think it would have been pretty cool. It would have been pretty cool. And, and this is from a guy who, when you go take a look at the history of Batman films... Um, again, when 89 Batman came out, loved it. Uh, you had the posters on my wall. I, I couldn't it's get enough of it. one of my favorite movies ever. But it, as I was exposed and got to see other versions of the character, it moved down the chart for mm-hmm. me. And uh, I think that um, it's not taking anything away from that. No. But I still think that a Tim Burton Superman movie would have been well worth seeing. Yes. So. Yeah. But uh, on that note, I don't, I don't think there's much more we can say about Beetlejuice unless you want to have anything. One, I'm still confused about the spelling. 
Because the spelling at the at the opening title is totally different as in the spelling of his name throughout the movie. Do you know why I think that was? I I I think during the movie they spell it B E T E as the star. This is star called La. You know, you, I'm a big fan of astronomy. This yeah. is star called that, and I I think they got the name from the star. Perhaps. But in the in the opening title is spelled Beetlejuice as in proper Beetlejuice two words. If I had to guess, okay. if I had to guess, that was probably a studio choice. Oh yeah. Because if you would have put it up, um, the way it was spelled, people were like Beetlejuice. Bi- like, <laughs> like what, what, what is? Which this, is probably right? how you pronounce it properly. So I, I think I think in all in all fairness to make things make somewhat sense to the the, the audience. They spelt it the way it should it should sound. It sounds so, so too. Because I remember be- being confused by that as well. Yeah. But that's that's your big takeaway. No, like, that's would- the one thing I wanted. To, the first thing I wanted to say, and the second thing is thank you, thank you for making me watch this movie. Finally, I needed a good excuse to see it, and I finally saw it, and I loved it, and I recommend it. Maybe it's not for everyone. Ah, I I wouldn't recommend it to my mom. No, okay, fair enough. But I would recommend it to people that like Tim Burton, obviously. But if or you like Tim Burton, there's no way you haven't you're seen it. And and yeah, whoever wants to check out one of his best works, not best movies, but best works, and and being himself freely and in a very '80s kind of feel, go see it. Go see it. It's totally worth it. Don't expect much other than weirdness and relax and enjoy. It's really good. Thank you, Dan. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> so, um, what's coming up next? Have you uh-huh. thought of it? Do you know what you're going to throw at me? Yes. In the spirit of Halloween, which still we're, we're ah, well, getting but, but, into. Yeah, we're getting there. And the spirit of weird movies made by different filmmakers who can make a funny Halloweeny movie. I want to make you watch while we're doing the shadows. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's one of my favorite movies. It was shot in Taika Waititi, right? Taika Waititi. Yeah, I, I, I dig Taika. I, 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 I dig Taika. You yeah, like yeah, yeah. exactly. And it was filmed in, in Wellington, New Zealand. It was filmed around where I used to live back in New Zealand. It's a very Kiwi movie. is lovely and it's very Halloweeny. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So how about that? Uh, Let's pair like it like that. I like it. Sounds good. Look for that. I promise it won't be like two months before we release yes. another episode. Yes, I think we're promise. back and we're going to get back in the groove. But. And, the, and the weather has changed. Now we have bad weather again, which means we have a lot of time to watch movies and record podcasts again instead of going to the beach. Fantastic. Anyone <laughs> that's uh, stuck around through the hiatus, that's a tough thing with podcasts. When they sort of go dark, it's almost like the death rattle for the, us independents. But if if you did stick around and you are listening to us again, please uh, feel free to reach out to us. We, we love it. You can find us on Twitter at you gotta see this PC at you as in the letter U. I'm on there at uh, Dan Mackles. Mm-hmm. You are. I'm Oka Infografia. Yeah, reach out to us, guys. We'd love it. And hey, as I mentioned off the top of the show, um, if you guys have any interest in listening to a Brit and a Canadian mm-hmm. uh, rewatch Sopranos. Go listen to Sopranos Redefined. Do Terrible it. name. I didn't come up with it, but that's what it is. <laughs> Who did? All right. In the meantime, keep watching movies and TV series, people. Oh, of course. I'm going to go check the Bye. <laughs>